Hi, I'm Sandra. This is a show of conversations about motherhood, parenting, and all the good stuff we call life. Follow me as I spread mommy joy and share my stories. This is a different kind of mommy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Different Kind of Mommy. I'm your host, Sandra Sims, here with a very special guest. My guest today is Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Today's topic is called Kitchen Diaries, and I thought about you with this um, with this topic because I follow you faithfully on Instagram. I started following your blog before I actually followed your post and um, before I started following your Instagram page. And I thought that it would be really good to have you as a guest so you can talk to us about cooking and the joys you get around cooking and how has it worked for you and your family. So how does that sound to you? Sounds great. Perfect. Let's get right on into it. So why don't you give us a little introduction of yourself and your family? Okay, so um, I, my name is Leanne, and I um, am, have a three-year-old little boy, and we live in Houston, Texas, and uh, food has just always been a big part of my life, and so it, from the start of when my husband and I got married 10 years ago, it's one of our um, favorite things, my favorite thing to do to show love to anybody in my life is through food, so um it's my happy place. I love it. Um, so it just kind of came natural for me, um, to incorporate it into what I would do for a career. It turns out. Nice. Nice. So I'm assuming that means your husband just totally loves your food and your son as well, huh? (laughs) Yes. So my husband grew up in a house that, um, they did not, you know, eat at the dinner table together all the time. And, um, they, he didn't always get home cooked meals. So this was something really exciting for him when he married me and I introduced him to all kinds of new foods. And, um, now he, you know, you would never know that he never, you know, ate all his vegetables or anything. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And a lot of people grow up like that too, right? Oh yes. Very common, which is why, you know, one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Was it totally opposite for you the way you grew up? Yeah, so um, I grew up cooking in the kitchen with my mom. That's pretty much how my, um, where my love for cooking ignited. Um, I remember being little, making dinner with her, making cookies with her, um, just, you know, holidays, weekends. Um, Our house was always the house that my friends wanted to come to because my mom always was cooking something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just remember food being love. Um, such a loving thing growing up. So I just grew up enjoying it also um, and started cooking for myself when I went to college and um, it just kind of went from there. I think that's a really great story because as I look at my life growing up too, we always ate dinner at the kitchen table. We grew up cooking. I didn't grow up eating like a lot of fast food or going out to restaurants. Cooking was for us was how the family came together, right? And so that is what I've always enjoyed about cooking and about being around friends and family when we get together around food. But I do know that a lot of people didn't grow up like that or didn't necessarily spend their adult lifehood, you know, their adult life like that. And so it changes for folks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So I know that when I started following your IG page, I felt like your picture started to become vivid to me. Um, I really, really love the idea of your food looks absolutely great, but a lot of times they're just basically healthy family cooking food. And how did that arise for you? What made you start wanting to cook great food, but not only great, but that it was healthy for you and your family? Um, well, kind of going back to the way I was brought up, I grew up with a brother who's a diabetic. So he mm. became a diabetic when he was 10 years old. And so we grew up eating healthy because he had to eat healthy. So um, it wasn't really an option for our family. So I didn't grow up not eating my vegetables and my salad and my everything because it was always available for us. So I never thought it was abnormal to eat my vegetables. It was something that I just grew up doing. And so um, it's always been a part of my lifestyle. And not to say that I don't enjoy a good cheeseburger or ice cream cone. from Right, right. But um, for the majority of it, you know, I'm a I really believe that, you know, what we put into our body really makes us feel better and um, can help us stay healthy and give us energy. And um, I want to inspire others to do that so that they know that it's not hard to, um, that you can put a healthy, delicious meal on the table for your family and it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be complicated and it's probably ingredients that you already have. Um, and it's just about how you put them together to make a recipe. I love that because I I often tell my friends, you don't have to have dietary restrictions to eat healthy, right? You don't have to have all these kind of complications happening in your life to eat healthy, that you can definitely achieve this goal and make food fun and also flavorful. So I love that you grew up like that and it didn't even, it wasn't like a change for you or a shift for you. It was just something that you guys did and you incorporated in your life and it works for you and your family now. So I love that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about mommies and not having time because I'm pretty sure you hear this a whole lot. I don't have time to cook. I just don't have the motivation to cook. What do you say to those moms that are struggling out there to find time and motivation? Um, I do hear that a lot and, you know, I get it because I mean, I, you know, I love cooking. So for me, I will always make time for it no matter what, but I have friends who are very close to me who do not like cooking. It's just mm -hmm. natural for them. They want to cook good food. They want to eat good food. They just don't have that desire that I do to cook. So, um, I just tell them, you know, start small, like, you know, take one, really plan out your week. I think that's huge. Um, I try to do one large grocery run a week so that I'm not trying to like run back and forth to the store, which takes up more time. Um, and then I try to always offer up ideas of how they can prep the night before or the morning of, or the, or on a Sunday or a Monday, whatever their prep day, whenever they have a couple, you know, an hour, 30 minutes to do a few things like wash fresh veggies and have them ready to go for the week. Or maybe it's, they can make a couple sauces in advance. So all they have to do is, you know, boil some pasta and, um, make a salad or um, just different things like that so that they can understand how it um, doesn't have to take a long time and that you can make simple recipes. Um, and I usually try to give them, you know, a couple ideas. Um, and lately, you know, back to school has been happening. So it's all about the lunchbox. Yeah. Packing. I don't have time to pack a healthy lunch for my child. And 
Um, so I've been trying to give, you know, great ideas on easy lunch box packing. I just did a um, takeover where I gave five alternatives to peanut butter and jellies. So things like that that are, you know, just as easy as a peanut butter and jelly, but that way you're giving your kid a little bit more variety, um, some different nutritional um, ingredients in there. So I just try to encourage them and, you know, help them realize that it's not – you know, I get it. Time is definitely um, not a thing that we have enough of most days. So cooking sometimes gets pushed aside. So how can we make things in advance that are ready to go? Um, and then, you know, just doing meals that are under 30 minutes or less is usually what I try to do for dinners and things. It sounds like you and I are very similar in that category where I too feel like my life around cooking and food is very much meal planning and yeah. prepping. And I normally as well do it on a Sunday on, you know, like around Saturday is when I start planning. Okay. What do I want to cook on Sundays when I pretty much go out and, and get the groceries, do the big grocery run. And then as well as start some of the cooking. Right. And mm -hmm. so for me as well is I, always make the time to cook because I am not much of a fast food person, right? And I do enjoy cooking. And I want to instill that in my daughter. She's two years old and I want her to be in the kitchen with me and I want us to bond over that. And I want us to start that tradition because that's what my parents did for us. Yeah. And so for me, I cook dinner every night. I want to say maybe six days a week. There's always one day a week where I'm like, okay, might do something like a pizza, might do some kind of takeout or something of the sort, but I do cook about six times a week. And then you're right. It's about meals around 30, 40 minutes. And this is how I'm able to do it. And I cannot do it without meal planning. Like I would be lost if I had to sit down and think of, okay, what do I have versus what don't I have and what am I going to make? And so that saves me a lot of time and that's a great tip for folks to have as well. Like meal planning could make it easy for you and make it fun. Yeah. I mean, even if you aren't going to prep the ingredients, as long as you have, you know, Monday we're eating this, Tuesday we're having yes. this. You know, when you get home from picking up kids from school and everybody's been to soccer and this and that, and everyone's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And, you know, I have an almost three-year-old and he's at my feet like, I'm, mommy, mommy, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I want. And if you don't have dinner ready at, you know, by six o'clock, then he's in the snacks, you know, and you don't want to. Yes. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm the same way because think about it. I'm working all day. And by the time I come home and I pick up my daughter, I haven't eaten since like lunchtime and I'm starting to get hangry, right? So I don't really have time to play around because my gut is growling as well. No, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, it just helps you not get frustrated and you don't end up just eating something bad because you're starving and you need something fast because you already know what you're going to cook. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to talk a little bit about your cookbook. I think um, I bought your cookbook earlier this year or maybe sometime last year, actually. And I just always felt like you make cooking so fun. It doesn't even feel like it's cooking for me. It just feels like an activity that I'm doing to have so much fun. And one of the things that I love about your cookbook is and even your recipes in general is that it makes it feel like it's not a headache. I buy a lot of cookbooks and I see a lot of recipes and I feel like good gosh, I can't I don't have these ingredients. I don't know where to get these ingredients. They aren't really like real life. Everyone has it in their 
you know, in their cupboards, in their cabinets. So you make it really easy and simple. And I feel like that's what moms need when there's so much happening. Was this intentional with your cookbook and, and your lifestyle with cooking? Yes, very much so, because not everyone lives near specialty grocery stores. Not everyone, um, you know, has the money to buy specialty ingredients. Um, so, and honestly, it, I make my recipes and my cookbook were all, everything is always based off of the way that I feed my family. So <clears throat> there's some few times that maybe I make something a little bit more fancy and a little bit more complicated, but that's just going to be something that I do that's special for, you know, my husband or whatever. But for the most part, I'm just like any other mom. I mean, you know, we have grocery store budgets. We have, um, you know, limited amount of times. We, we actually don't live near a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods. Wow. We're actually in the suburbs of Houston and where we are, there isn't um, those stores. So um, several ingredients that people are just, you know, raving about these days. I have to drive 30 minutes to go get those ingredients. And, you know, probably a lot of other moms are in that same boat. So I like to think about everybody when I'm making these recipes and I don't want someone who isn't familiar with some crazy herb or supplement or whatever to get turned off by a recipe because they don't know what it is or they feel intimidated by it. Um, and I want it to just be real food that you can get at any grocery store, any farmer's market or wherever it is that you do your shopping. Um, and it's accessible and feels really easy, you know? I think that's one of the biggest things that attracted me the most. When I found your blog, I was actually at the at the stage with my daughter where she was being introduced to solid foods. Huh? And I was going to all kinds of stores buying food pouches and baby foods. And I did that for about a month, right? And then I started looking at these ingredients and I'm like, man, I could make this myself, right? But I had zero experience in cooking like baby food. And I remember doing searches online and your blog was one of those first things that I saw, right? And I kept, I kept seeing a lot of things around baby led weaning and I kept seeing a lot of things about making your own foods. And I remember stumbling upon your blog and you had, you know, cooking for toddlers and cooking for babies and, and how to do that whole transition. And that's where I started to say, I can make this myself. Like she's doing it. I can totally do this for myself. Exactly. It's great that I feel like we have that option because like you said, not many people have these specialty stores where they can run out and buy things. And I think that that is what's discouraging a lot too, right? You have, you have folks who don't have the time to cook and then have to go to these specialty stores and feel like they have to make these gourmet meals and dinners and all kind of, you know, catering that they have to do. And it takes away from, you know, just wanting to do something for their family that they get intimidated and, and, and they just, you know, feel defeated. Yeah. So like, we're just going to order a pizza because there's no way I could make this recipe. <laughs> right. Right. It's interesting. I purchased your cookbook when I realized I needed a hard copy. I was just like, okay, I need this in my hand. I need this hard copy. I don't ever want to be without it. I want you to talk to me a little bit about how your cookbook was birthed. So I, my first cookbook actually that I released is one called The Unexpected Cajun Kitchen. And so I had released that, um, I guess it came out, I'm trying to remember which, what year it came out. I think it was two years before my son was born. Okay. 
So I had a publisher already, and after Parks was born, and it was right around the time I was feeding him solids, my publisher reached out, and um, we kind of collaborated on coming up with a healthy baby and toddler food cookbook. So I wanted it to be a combination of purees and finger foods because, you know, every some people do the, you know, one way and people do the other way. So I want it to be a combo where you can do a little bit of both, whatever your preference is with your child, and it will grow with the child as they get older, all the way up to, I mean, I eat half of those recipes. By the time you get into bigger bites and um, little bites, I eat most of those recipes myself. So I wanted it to grow with the child and I wanted it to be more of even a family cookbook by the time you get into past the purees. Um, so that there's no limit. So your child can be eight years old, 10 years old, and you will still find things in the book that are beneficial. And I wanted it to be easy enough for someone who has no idea what they're doing to just be able to start making their own food for their child and not be intimidated by it. Um, and just to see how easy it is to feed real food to your kids that is really tasty, will expose them to spices at an early age, will expose them to vegetables at an early age, um, which in turn ends up making them great eaters in the long run uh, because a child will develop their eating habits by the time they're five years old. So these young years are very, very important to creating a healthy and adventurous eater for the rest of their life. So I just, I was passionate about creating uh, or I knew I wanted to make Parks food. As soon as I got pregnant, I got excited about that. So um, I had a dream of doing a book like this, and it just kind of worked out timing-wise for this to come into play. Um, and it was just really fun, and I was super passionate about it. I think that's why the book's good is because I was in the throes of it. Like, I was doing it, you know? Yeah, and so, I like that. Yeah, so I was, I was into it. I was so passionate about it. I wanted to make sure Parks had, you know, everything he needed for his little body to develop, his brain to develop, um, and still to this day. Um, and I wanted other parents to have that same tool and that same passion um, and realize that they can do it and it's easy and they have this resource that will just help them for years. Mm. One of the best advice advices or tips that I received was from my pediatrician when my daughter was starting to introduce to solid foods. And she told me, start your daughter off with vegetables mm -hmm. because people tend to start their kids off with fruits and then they don't eat the vegetables. So I was like, that's very interesting, right? So I thought that theory was just so intriguing that I started her on vegetables, right? I, I also grew up not being much of a big vegetable eater until I became an adult. So I was like, I'm so passionate about her eating healthy and about making sure she gets good food. I was like, I'm following this advice. And I feel like that's one of the best parenting advices that I've ever received thus far, because now my daughter loves vegetables. She is such a good eater. When I hear my other friends and other family members talk about how picky their kids are, of course, there's some things that my daughter does not like, but for the most part, she loves almost everything. And I think it attributes to what you say in your cookbook around having this passion where starting their palates early, starting, you know, their tastes and their flavors and all of that stuff, starting it really early because now as I'm 
cooking for her more and seasoning and spicing things up for her more, I can see that she's loving things more and more as it progresses. And I think that your cookbook also does that. Like even when we're eating these tiny bites, I just make more of them and we eat them all together. So it doesn't even feel like it's a toddler book, you know? Yeah, that's, that was the goal because I, you know, he eats what we eat. So I feel like kids, you know, after they get through the puree stage, they start eating finger foods more. Um, they, I just started giving Parks what we were eating. You know, I just would tear up little bits so that he could gum it or however many teeth he had. You know, I adjusted the way that I did it. And for the most part, he could eat anything we were eating if he, you know, could chew it. So um, I just think that's really important. We have, my husband is Cajun, so spicy food is in our, in his blood and he loves spicy food and he'll eat it and he'll say, it's spicy mommy. Wow. I mean, he loves it. So I think that that's because, I mean, when I breastfed, I ate spicy food and, you know, people say stay away from spicy food, but I just ate all the garlic and all the spice. And he, <laughs> I think that he just got used to it maybe, but um, he's immune now. He's immune to it and he loves it. And I think the more flavor now, you know, he, he likes flavor. You can see that in, in what he gravitates to. Like sometimes when we go out to eat or something, um, maybe it didn't have that much flavor and he, you can tell he doesn't like it as much, you know, so he's gotten kind of spoiled, I guess, by getting some serious flavor punches in his food. I wouldn't call it spoiled. I feel like now he's starting to become a pro. So he knows yeah. what food should taste like. <laughs> My husband always jokes. He's like, I feel sorry for his wife one day. <laughs> You're going to have to teach her how to cook too. He's going to know how to cook. So, you know, if anything, he'll have to be the cook of the family. <laughs> You're also the editor of the Feed Feed. Talk a little bit about that. What's your vision around that brand? Well, so the Feed Feed has, I mean, many editors. So I'm actually um, one of their cocktail editors. I do their champagne okay. and seco, um feed, which is really fun. I mean, I'm, listen, I love baby food, but I also love a good cocktail. <laughs> um, and um, so the Feed Feed is really just a community of supporting, sharing other um, amazing recipes. So it's a great great community. I really um, have been honored to be a part of it for a couple years now. And we just share online inspiration, basically. So it's just, it started about the same time I started my blog and then just grew and grew and grew. And now it's huge. Um, but it's, you know, really just a place of supporting other foodies. And um, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing for sure. That's cool. I think I'm going to, I'll go ahead and link that information to, in the show notes so folks can also check that out. Definitely. It's, I mean, if you're looking for food inspiration, that's the best place to get it. Good, good. So let's talk about a little bit more around cooking and a chore and becoming monotonous. I know for me, if I don't have a lot of options, I tend to feel like food is getting a little bit stale. I can't imagine that's also, you know, how other moms feel, especially when you feel like you're only cooking a handful of things for your families. What do you do for you and your family to not make cooking stale or not keep it monotonous? So it's not feeling like a chore. How do you keep the options alive? Well, I mean, because even me, even though this is what I do for a living, I find myself sometimes making, going back to the same recipes over and over just because we like them or they're easy or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so over chicken or I'm so over salads or whatever the case may be. 
Um, and at that point, I go to Pinterest, I pull out magazines, I look at other Instagram accounts, and I just try to get re-inspired. Um, with the change of the season, like I feel like I just got a whole like, new life into me because I was kind of like done with summer vegetables and everything. And now we're like moving into fall. So there's pumpkin and squashes and, you know, all these savory soups. And so I'm like very excited about fall cooking again. So I feel like, you know, using the season, what's in season is a great way to figure out what you, you want to cook, um, what the weather's doing. If it's sunny outside, I know I want something light. And if it's rainy, I want something cozy. So I really use, I actually do look at the weather before the week when I'm planning my meals. Oh, I like that. That's a good tip. I've, I never really think about the weather. Because for some reason, like whatever the weather's doing, it just affects what I want to eat. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. I think this leads into a good segue of balance, right? Because I see sometimes you do meatless, meatless days, you do super, you do vegan days. How did, I love your idea around balance and then mixing it up. So I guess this is also a way too that you avoid the monotony of cooking the same thing over and over. That's wonderful. Yeah. And we love, I mean, all ethnicities of food also. So um, I love cooking Indian food. I love cooking Mexican food. I love uh, American. I mean, I love really all kinds of food, Italian food. So, I mean, really once or twice a week, we are eating something other than American food, you know? So I really, I love the spices that comes with that. Um, it gives you so many more options that way. Um, also, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to fall into a monotonous routine of food and then everyone's tired of the thing you've been making for three weeks and you're tired of making it and you're done with the kitchen. And so, you know, for me, seasonal ingredients, what's the, what the weather's doing, um, things like that are what inspires me. And then, you know, pull out the food network magazines and the, food and wine magazines and the, um, go to Pinterest and just really just look at what's out there. And usually you will see something you're like, Oh, I have, you know, if there's some kind of pasta dish, you may have one ingredient, but not the other. And you're like, Oh, well, I could sub this for this and make this whole new dish out of it. You know? So, um, when all else fails, pull out the magazine, go to Pinterest and get inspired for, you know, the next yeah it's so true there's a lot of inspiration pinterest alone is kind of like the encyclopedia of inspiration so there is definitely a lot of stuff on there mm -hmm. and your favorite instagram accounts i mean i have my favorite instagram accounts too that i go to when i'm like oh i just want to see what they're making this week you know yeah okay let's talk about the nitty-gritty i know parks is three years old i want to know is there anything that he just does not like um, he does not like potatoes. Really? Is it just potatoes or more like root vegetables? It's just no, potatoes? No, he will eat root vegetables. It's, it's potatoes. And I mean, he'll eat. So if I make homemade like oven fries and he'll eat fries of any kind, really. But other than that, he doesn't want anything to do with mashed potatoes, which is shocking. Like, <laughs> I don't even know that he's my child because I love potatoes. Um, and sweet potatoes. I mean, most kids love sweet potatoes and he will not eat a sweet potato. It is very rare. I have to like make pancakes out of them or put them in a smoothie for him to eat sweet potatoes. Um, 
so yeah, he just doesn't want it. I still offer it. You know, that's the thing when you find something your kid doesn't like, you just keep offering it because one day they will like it probably and they'll, they will take it. But, um, yeah, for right now, from the time he was eating solids on, he has just not loved potatoes. Wow. What about your husband? Is there anything that he dislikes? Not really. Really? pretty much eat anything. Uh, I take that back. He doesn't love it when I make like a stir fry for some reason. I don't know if it's the way I cook it or what, but that's one meal that he will eat, but he'll be like, that was not my favorite. Okay. Okay. And what about for yourself? Do you have any like, mm, just not into that? I'm pretty much into all food. (laughs) 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 No problem. I, I really... Actually, I had a friend ask me the other day, they're like, what's your favorite food and what's a food you could do without? And I was like, well, my favorite food is pasta and my least favorite food, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, oh. I, I can't really think of one. I used to not like coconut, but now I love it. Wow. I'm not sure what it is. And coconut used to be a thing for me because of the texture of it. And now it doesn't bother me. So I don't know. It's, it's weird, but I, I really love all food. It's kind of crazy. I mean spicy texture wise. I mean, I'll pretty much eat anything. That's good. I love that. I feel like there's so many things that I'm like, mm, no, I don't like, I don't like. Mm, mm. And so I, I tr- I'm trying to open up my palate more and my horizon more, but there's still some things that I just cannot bear. Like I absolutely hate eggplant. I just don't know what it is about eggplant, the color, the texture, the taste. I'm just not an eggplant girl. Yeah. I, I would say, I, I guess the eggplant is not a favorite for me. I don't, I don't cook with it much because we don't, lo- we have not really loved it like as a family, but I actually saw a couple recipes recently because I guess it's eggplant season right now and it looks kind of good. So maybe I'll try. Okay. So maybe I'll follow you and yeah, see what we'll you, see what you do with the eggplant. You can get us like an eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit about parents who feel like their kids are picky. I have a lot of friends who their kids won't eat anything green, won't eat any kind of vegetables. Even sometimes when I send my daughter to daycare, I ask the daycare, how, and you know, they provide food. And I say, you know, how was, how, how did she eat today? How was everything today? What did you guys eat? And she'll be like, oh, we had corn and carrots. And I'm like, mm, but anything green? And I do notice that she tends to be on the lenient side of the green things because of, you know, she's cooking for multiple kids. What, what do you advise for folks who have these picky eaters? How can we help those folks in that area? Well, I think it just comes down to exposure. So most of the time kids are hesitant about green food if they have not been offered green food from the start. So it's not too late. You just have to start introducing it and making it part of a normal thing. And, and one way, my favorite way to get kids involved in this is when you're at the market with them, let them pick out a vegetable, like go to the produce section be like, okay, let's pick out one vegetable that you want to try this week. And whether it's asparagus or green beans or whatever, like Parks the other day really surprised me. He had never had Brussels sprouts before and I roasted some and he usually was like shoveling them in his mouth, like faster, like that, like they were candy or something. I mean, he was just like shoveling these Brussels sprouts in his mouth. Totally shocked me, made me very happy of course, but um, he helped me pick those out in the grocery store. And I think that that's why he ate them so well. Um, So I think if you can take your kid to the market with you, 
talk about the vegetables, talk about them growing, um, like really involve them in the process. And then when you get home, they make the cutest little kids knives that are totally safe. Uh, let them chop with you, let them sprinkle some salt, let them drizzle a little oil or help toss the seasoning. Um, let them kind of cook with you so they see that it's, you're making something delicious. Um, and then when you're at the dinner table together, you don't have to put a ton on their plate, but put, you know, three green beans, put three Brussels sprouts, start small. And you talk about it when you're eating, you're like, mm, these green beans are so good. Um, really amp up the fact that you really love your green beans. And um, most times they will try it. And it may take four times of doing that before they take their first bite. But eventually they're going to come around and they're going to get used to green being on their plate. And, you know, I think that they will, they will end up eating it eventually. Yeah. I like, I like that theory. It actually worked for my daughter as well. One time I was cooking um, asparagus and I absolutely love asparagus. It's one of my favorite vegetables and I cooked it often and she always turned her head, her nose up to it. She did not like it. She did not like it. And one day she just totally surprised me because we were in the kitchen cooking it together and I asked her, do you want one? And she took a spear and she was just eating away at it. And I was just like, wow, she's never done that before. And then she asked for more. And so that's when I was like, okay, she really likes this stuff now. And so all the time, then I started to giving it to her, but it, 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 that indeed works. Like my daughter eats vegetables that I do not even like, like she, like your son with parks in the Brussels spots. That's how my daughter is with kale. She just loves roasted kale. She would have at it. And it, I, I just look at her and like, I don't even like kale like that. And she just loves it. I love that. Um, the other day I had made a Caesar salad and Parks was shoveling romaine lettuce in his mouth. I mean, like a little rabbit. And I was just like, this is, this is, I mean, nothing makes me happier. Like I literally sit at the table with this huge grin on my face when he eats or like surprises me with something that I don't know if he's going to eat it, but I'm putting it on his plate anyway. Um, because he's old enough now, I used to not necessarily put lettuce on his plate because it's harder to chew, but now if we have a salad, he gets a deconstructed salad. Um, and you know, I'll put lettuce over here, some whatever other toppings I had, the meat, and he gets a deconstructed version and he loves it. I mean, he now will eat lettuce. And so you just never know. And I think as parents, sometimes we assume that our kids aren't going to like something. Um, so for years we don't give it to them because like there's there's no way he's gonna like a Brussels sprout. I'm not even gonna put it on his plate. And um, you end up kind of creating a picky eater by doing that. So yes, it's true. It's very true. And, and I just know growing up, my mom did not like vegetables. She definitely didn't like anything green. And so we grew up not eating a lot of vegetables. You know, we did a lot of the corns and the carrots because there was no way she was cooking Brussels sprouts. And I remember I was well into my thirties when I ate Brussels sprouts and, and started loving it. So you, you are absolutely right. We do tend to create these picky eaters. And what you said about your mom not liking vegetables, that's true with a lot of parents who don't like vegetables they don't like them so like oh I'm not gonna make them for my kid because I don't I don't want to eat them either so you know kids do what they see their parents do also so yeah mm -hmm. it's very true your kids grow up seeing you eat healthy they're probably gonna end up being a healthy eater also it's true yeah 
How do you how do you guys deal with traveling? Because you're also a busy mom. Life takes you to many places. How do meals look for you guys when you're not home or when you can't cook? What does that look like for you guys? So I am, I mean, I always try to find a, the best option. We don't go for fast food, but like this weekend we're taking, um, Parks actually turns three on Monday. So we're doing a little um, birthday trip this weekend. And we're going to a part of Texas that has amazing barbecue and there's no way I'm going to miss out on good barbecue. So, um, we will indulge on good barbecue and we'll probably have an ice cream cone or whatever. And that's fine because we eat really good 90% of the time. So if we're traveling and the diet gets off a little bit, or he's at his grandparents' house and they give him whatever they whatever he wants, including candy, and he never gets juice except when he's at his grandmother's house. And um, you know, I control it as much as I can, but a little bit of whatever is not going to you know derail their healthy eating habits, and they're going to realize that that's just when I'm at you know Nan and Pa's house or you know Grandma and Papa's house or whatever, and that's not the way we eat at home, and you know, the older he gets, he's going to be going to birthday parties and, you know, there's going to be junk around and he's just going to have to learn how to have a healthy eating relationship with all of that. So he'll, you know, have his, have a friend who describes it as, you know, she describes healthy food as growing food to her kids, which I love. Um, so, you know, we're eating growing foods and those are treats and you get treats you only get a small amount of treats. You can have an unlimited amount of growing foods, but you can only have a small amount of treats. And I think that that's really a good way for kids to um, realize what that kind of looks like and the differentiating of the two so that they can kind of mentally realize like, okay, that doesn't make me grow and, and make me strong and um, give me fuel. That just is a little treat that we have because we're, you know, because it's the birthday or because it's whatever. Oh my God, I'm writing this down because I feel like that's excellent way yeah. to look at food. I am similar to you, right? So I call myself like the 80-20 mom, right? I want to be in total control of everything she shoves down her mouth, but I know the reality of that is that's never going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, it's 80% of the time we're eating good food, healthy cooked food and there's 20% of the time when we're not right when we're indulging in some sweets or in some junk food or when she goes to daycare or when she goes you know to family's house where she's just not going to get that and that's okay with me right because we live such a well-balanced food lifestyle that that 20% is not it's not making me unhappy or it's not hindering the balance exactly my sister calls me crazy because I send my daughter to daycare with food. And even though they cook food, the reason why I send why her to say it again. Oh, I thought I lost you for a second. But I think you're back. Oh, yes. I said my sister calls me crazy because I send my daughter to daycare with cooked with, with food. And she always says, why do you send her to school with food if they're cooking at daycare? And I said, the reason why is because I want to make sure she, you know, she still has her home lifestyle following with her to daycare and so that she does have those healthy options when she's not getting it in daycare. And so for me, it's, it's a little bit of the controlling part in me and a little bit of making sure she does have that balance even when she's not with me, you know? For sure. And we actually have to pack 
they don't do lunch at his preschool, so we pack a lunch anyway. They do snacks there, which are usually, you know, raisins and Cheerios and whatever. Um, they're not horrible, but they're not the best. But I just let him eat that snack because all the other kids are. Right. He's not going to eat his snack that I pack him if everyone else is eating a little carton of raisins. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I pack his lunch so I can control his lunch and what he's eating there. And if he eats other snack, then, you know, there are worse things that could happen. So Agreed. That's the way I want to live my life. So, you know, kids are the same way. They have to have a little treat every now and then. It's true. It's true. I don't, I don't feel like we should hinder them, right? Like food should be fun. And like, like your friend said, there's healthy food and healthy growing food. And then there's the snacks, right? And so they have to understand the difference and when to choose. Yeah, exactly. What do you feel are some staple ingredients, some things that everybody should have in their house to make some simple, basic, healthy meals? Um, okay. So I think a variety of grains. So whether that's pastas, rice, quinoa, um, I usually have a few of those on hand just because you can make a meal out of them very easily. Eggs are the other thing, unless you are allergic to eggs, that would not work. But for us, we eat eggs a lot. I make dinner out of eggs. I make breakfast out of eggs. I can make lunches out of eggs. We have boiled eggs for snacks. So, um, boiled eggs, I think um, having a couple sauces in the freezer or in the pantry is a great thing. So you can, you can buy really great store-bought marineras and pestos now. So having a few of those in there um, for easy, either you can make pizza out of it or pasta out of it or um, some kind of soup or whatever, but having those really helps. And then some beans. That's another thing. I always have chickpeas. Mm. I always have black beans. Um, so I can make, whether Parks can eat chickpeas plain, he can eat, I can make a, you know, a, some, like a chana masala out of chickpeas. Um, and it's very cost effective also, all of these things that I'm talking about. Um, so these are just staples that we always have. And then I always like to have a couple different meats and fishes in the freezer. So I usually like have some salmon and some chicken or something like that. And then um, I like to have a few vegetables always if you can so um, frozen vegetables are a great way to always have them on hand and they are so cost effective so when people tell me they don't have enough money or you know the budget's too tight for fresh vegetables there's always frozen and there's nothing wrong with frozen vegetables um, they are just as nutritious so if you cannot afford fresh frozen is the way to go and you can keep those in your freezer at all times to throw into any kind of dish. Um, so I would say, you know, frozen veggies, variety of grains, a few sauces, keep a couple meats in your freezer and some eggs and you can make a ton of stuff out of that. That's great. Um, that leads into a, a good segue question because I was going to ask, can you give us some tips around healthy, flavorful meals? And one of the things that I thought of was that when you said frozen, right? Frozen fruits and vegetables are very, very good and very, very cost efficient. They are. Um, I always have frozen peas. I always have um, a variety of frozen fruits because we have smoothies every day. So that's a great way to get your kids to eat some really good stuff is to make a yummy smoothie, which the cookbook has a whole chapter on. Uh -huh, 
So I, I mean, I packed some serious spinach into those smoothies too. So like, at least if your kids are being picky one day and they drink a smoothie that's got two cups of spinach in it, you can feel a little bit better about it. Um, my daughter just, re I recently just introduced my daughter into smoothies and it was, I just always felt like, oh, I don't know if she's ready for a smoothie yet. And so it was just by chance I was making a smoothie for myself and it was about two or three handfuls of spinach. And I literally threw like maybe a half of apple in it and she downed that smoothie. I was like, wow, I was, I was shocked. Because it's cold and it's refreshing. And, they and it was like a treat. It, she drank it like a milkshake. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Nice. So are there any new food endeavors we can expect to see from you soon? Anything that you're barking on that we can stay tuned for? Um, there are a couple of things on the horizon. Um, I don't know if I'm technically allowed to talk about them yet, but... Um, I know one, I can probably give you a hint. Um, okay. So the cookbook is actually going to get an additional chapter added to it. In March. Really? And it's going to be great for your older kids. It's going to be a lunchbox and snack chapter. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, number one, that it's getting reprinted. It's super exciting. And then number two, that I got to add a new chapter to it. So um, it'll be the exact same cookbook, but it'll just have a new chapter that will be for lunch boxes and snack after school snacks. So. Oh, well, congratulations, Leanne. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I think it'll be good. And, um, you know, just as Parks is getting older and, you know, my followers, kids are getting older. I wanted to add that lunchbox chapter in there because I feel like it's something that we all um, are doing right now. So. Good. Okay. So we'll also continue to follow you so we can see what other new things you are working on. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> okay. So normally I wrap up with asking my guests two special questions that has nothing to do with being a mommy. So question for you. When Leanne is not cooking, what is she doing? When I'm not cooking, I am usually playing with parks. <laughs> Okay. Not mommy, but usually if I'm not cooking, I'm hanging out with my guys. So, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's me and my hubby or me and my boy, we are always hanging out together. We're a pretty tight knit crew. Um, but I will tell you that after parks goes to bed, my favorite thing to do is get in the bathtub. So that's oh, yes. first thing I do after he's asleep, I go straight to the bathtub and I have like my 30 minute silence, relaxing, ending the day of just me and myself and I. So that's my favorite thing to do to end the day. Nice. I love that. That sounds relaxing. I wish I can do that right now. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so last question. If you can travel anywhere in the world to get cooking incentive, where would it be and why? Italy. <laughs> Ooh, because your pastas. You love your pastas. I'm just, you know... I, my dream is actually to cook in an Italian grandma's kitchen and have her teach me how to make homemade pasta the way that her grandparents taught her. And I want to learn, you know, just the, we don't even have to speak the language. I just want her to show me with her hands. And I, that's just the dream I have. And it's a bucket list and it's going to happen one day. I'm going to make it happen because I just like, I would be in heaven doing that. Yes, I'm going to pray for you because I want that to happen for you too. That sounds like a great bucket list thing. No, that's not. 
Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my show, Leanne. I want to say happy early birthday to Parks. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. We will. And stay tuned, everyone, for a different kind of mommy. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>